Have you had the experience in your life of the right thing showing up at just the right time? Like when you're feeling lonely and needing someone to talk to and a friend drops by unexpectedly or calls you on the phone or you're needing some inspiration or wisdom and the right thing appears. Have you ever had that happen to you? Good, I'm glad. I've had this experience with books. It could be one that I've been meaning to read for years. All of a sudden it catches my eye. It's like it jumps off the shelf at me. And when I pick it up and start reading, it feels like it's come to me at just the right time. This happened right at the start of my sabbatical, which I am so grateful for, by the way. It was easy to step away for a month because of our wonderful staff and leaders here. And it sounds like you all thrived while I was gone. I've been hearing stories about that already, and it makes me glad. And it doesn't surprise me. But again, I want to say thank you for this gift of sabbatical, which came at a good time. And I'm glad and grateful to be back with you, too. So I was saying in the first day or so of this sabbatical, a book caught my eye. It's this one that... Not that. It's this one that church member Marlene Chen gave me a couple of years ago, and it's been sitting in this stack of books in my little office at home. A stack, I have several of these piles of books, books that I am intending to read. And the title of it grabbed me, The Art of Stillness. That's what I was longing for on sabbatical. Time to be quiet, time to be still, to quiet down my busy mind. And the subtitle grabbed me even more, Adventures in Going Nowhere. I loved that. And so this little book by Pico Iyer was the first thing I read on my sabbatical, and it shaped how I lived this last month. And I hope and trust it will shape how I continue to live. If there was a theme for my sabbatical, it was this, adventures in going nowhere. I had no desire to go off on a big trip. My soul was longing to stay close to home, to be quiet and still, to let my adventuring be a walk around the neighborhood a trip out to the compost bin, or to fill the bird feeder, or shovel some snow. Believe it or not, I actually said that at the start of my sabbatical to somebody. I wouldn't mind having some snow to shovel this month. Our worship theme for March now is the journey. And maybe you're like me, maybe you tend to think of the journey as a going out a pilgrimage to an unknown place, perhaps, a trip to a foreign land, maybe even a journey 
back to a home from long ago. We tend to think of journeys as big and maybe even heroic undertakings, right? Venturing out towards some faraway place that is calling to us. And I have loved these kinds of journeys and am grateful for the chances to take them. Of course, there are other kinds of journeys too, like getting married or taking up a vocation or joining a church even. It certainly was the start of a journey when 15 years ago you called me to be your new minister. We were all a little or a lot younger then. (laughs) It has been a blessed journey for me, this pilgrimage that we have been on together. And when I think about you and this place, a book title by Maya Angelou comes to mind. One of those books I am intending to read. I just know the title so far. Wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. That's how I feel about you and this place and this way that we are traveling together. A couple of years ago, I started to see our traveling through these pandemic years as a kind of journey or pilgrimage. And I still wonder about holding open a space where we could share our pandemic stories with one another. Some of you may want to leave those in the past, but I wonder if maybe this spring, when we seem to have finally come to a more settled place, could be a good time for getting together and doing that. And there's so many ways that we might explore this theme of the journey this month. Who knows where we might go? Today, I want to invite you to join me on this journey of looking within. And you know, these last weeks of winter, when we know that spring is getting closer and closer, but it's not quite here yet, this is a good time for staying put and sitting still, exploring what Pico Iyer calls adventures in going nowhere. For some years now, I've had a daily practice of sitting in silence. First thing in the morning, I sit still and I try to quiet my mind. I usually start off by saying silent prayers for those that I love and those who are sick or suffering. I give thanks for my many blessings. And in time, the words fall away. My mind quiets down and we enter a deeper, silent space. And sometimes we do get to that space that Psalm 46 describes and that the choir sang about. Be still and know that I am God. This practice has helped me, especially over the past few years, to stay relatively calm through some tumultuous times, to be grounded in a world that seems determined to pull us off center. And these days I find myself wanting and needing
to go deeper, to be more in touch with those parts of myself that I've neglected, perhaps pushed off into the shadows, to journey deeper inside, in here. It's interesting to me that Pico Iyer, who's best known for his travel writing and who's really written about places all around the world, wrote this little book about going nowhere. He understands that making time for stillness is especially needed in our high-speed world where there are so many voices calling out for our attention. He writes, It's as if almost all of us now feel like emergency room physicians, perpetually on call and obliged to heal ourselves, but unable to find our prescriptions amidst all the data on our desk. And what's needed is right here. Like the choir sang, be still and know that I am God. Let peace embrace your heart. Be still and know that I am God. Let fear and anguish now depart. Though the earthquakes rage, though the tempests roll, though the storms conspire to destroy, be still and know that I am God. The earth shall rise again in joy. As I said earlier, I was listening to a recording of this song in my car the other day on 495, and it touched me deeply. All of a sudden, I realized that I need to deepen my understanding of the holy, to see God less as judge or critic and more like a loving parent or a caring friend to more deeply accept what our universalist faith has long proclaimed, that the nature of God is love, like a friend who wants us to be happy and to be free. I'll put a link to this song on our website in the sermon text if you want to listen to it again, which I know I will continue to do. There are, of course, a number of ways to be still. And you have to find the ways that work for you. If you haven't yet, you might want to check out our Tuesday night mindful meditation group. Or you could try our online Wednesday morning writing as a spiritual practice group. Or go to Reflections. Linda, who's there in the back, could tell you more about that. And if you'd like to talk about starting up a spiritual practice, please let me know if you'd like to talk with me about that. We could have a quiet conversation. I'd like that. Our own wonderful Claire Fortune Ladd is going to be featured in a story in the Boston Globe a week from today about her practice of taking a weekly technology fast or technology Sabbath. Every week, Claire takes a day and the radical and courageous act of turning off her devices for a whole day 
if I'm understanding it correctly. She reminds us by doing this that there are many ways to be still. And it's not that hard once you decide to do it, to just go nowhere for a change. Of course, you may ask, how can I justify sitting still when there is so much to do and it seems that our world is on fire? One answer to this that I know from experience is that when we are stressed and overwrought, we aren't much help to others. There is a kind of self-importance, isn't there, in proclaiming, I'm so busy. But does our anxious world need any more stressed and hurried people? No. Pico Iyer writes, going nowhere isn't about turning your back on the world. It's about stepping away now and then so that you can see the, more, the world more clearly and love it more deeply. It takes courage, he says, to step out of the fray as it takes courage to do anything that's necessary, whether tending to a loved one on her deathbed or turning away from that sugar-coated donut. And with billions of our global neighbors, he writes, in crying need, with so much in every life that has to be done, it can sound selfish to take a break or go off to a quiet place. But as soon as you do sit still, you find that it actually brings you closer to others in both understanding and sympathy. As the meditative video artist Bill Viola notes, it's the one who steps away from the world, whose sleeve is wet with tears for it. This is something mystics and sages have known since the beginning of time, but that we in our mechanized and modern world tend to forget that the antidote to too much activity and so much noise is to do nothing for a change. That going nowhere could be the richest adventure we ever take. In this time of so much noise, we have this invitation to be still and know that there is a presence that holds us with love and with care, that even with all its trouble, we are part of a good and beautiful and holy world, that life is a gift and a blessing, that all around us there is an amazing grace just waiting for us to be still and notice, to know its presence, and to receive its blessing. To know its presence and to receive its blessing. Amen. Mm -hmm.